0: Last week on Lore Seekers. Yeah, we do. Welcome. Welcome, friends, one and all. We are back, baby. Yes.
1: Let's explore some of the issues that true Elder Scrolls lorehounds have with the Elder Scrolls Online. You might be surprised. I guess we're kind of ultra nerds yeah, because I mean, we not only play video games, yeah. but we religiously research the story behind said video game yeah. and do a weekly podcast talk
0: about it. it. Yeah, that's definitely an alter Greetings travelers. Welcome to the Lore Seekers podcast. Grab a nail and join our two adventurers as they share their tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and cash.
1: And your friends. That's what it's all about. Agreed. Agreed.
0: Oh, hey, look who it is!
1: Welcome. We got a crowd.
0: We do. Gosh, you guys just keep packing in here. Yeah, have a seat. What can I get you, boys? Hey, you too. All right. Uh, Hi, Nuzzi. Goodness. Every day... (laughs) good day when you're here uh i will take a you know what let's get frisky i'll take a rot on the rocks Ah, that just happened that
1: yeah sounds babe. terrible yeah babe i'm gonna go with a balmora bourbon please
0: and i'll have one too just to wash what i'm about to drink down Thanks. coming right up you're yeah he's
1: gonna need something to burn the lining of his stomach <laughs>
0: Oh, man. So, it's been a week. What is up, my good friend? It's been an amazing week.
1: hmm So, we had a little event last week by the name of Extra Life. And uh, I was pretty darn happy and surprised. That was awesome. That the second we went live, there was a bunch of people watching. It yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, to be streaming all day. We did the. Our aim was 24 hours, and I will say this: we went as long as we could.
0: We made like 15. That's it. you made it longer <laughs> than I did. I think. I think you made like. I a went
1: till about 19. one o'clock in the morning or so, but at the same time, I was a few hours behind you. But I had started at what five or six hour time? Ta- five or six my time a.m.
0: You started at six your time.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, those last few hours would have been completely brutal. I was already like wanting to swallow my tongue. Yeah. So, but we had we had made some serious progress. We had made some serious progress. That what was, was
0: that was that a bourbon burp? Bourbon burp. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, man, that was a lot of fun. Like, you know, and we have, by the way, everybody who hosted and rated, thank you so much. We raised a lot of money for kids. Yeah. We
1: did. So I haven't gotten our final tally yet, but I know that we are well over $2,600 um, towards children's hospitals. And that is, I mean, that's our, that was our team. Yeah. So um, that's pretty dang good. And when I checked um, at the end of the evening, the hospital that I was raising for, which is a children's hospital of Orange County. I was the fourth fundraiser for chalk.
0: Wow. That's awesome.
1: Yes. When, when, uh, when we, actually that was in the morning when I checked. Um, so that was after the official 24 hours being number four was pretty good. Um, then there was of course some of the, some of them I just couldn't, there's no way we were going to catch them. You know, they were way high up there, way higher than the 2,500 bucks. But anyway, um, we had a great stream we had people on with us all day long. We had folks jumping in to do events with us and run dungeons and um, we had we actually ran our trials night that night and we were able to get through uh, cloud rest a couple times and then wait right, Rest once and then we got through AA I think it was just it was a good time. We had a right. blast and then uh, into the late night we did uh, a naked world boss run for a while.
0: Yeah, we did. You know what's funny about and- that I woke up the following morning. Still naked? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, endgame. And so... uh, (laughs) Chris, I I didn't have to take it there. It just kind of happened naturally. But uh, anyway, I woke up the following morning, and I'm noticing... I don't know if it's dad brain or just the older I get. Like, I wake up the following morning and not remembering what happened the previous evening. So I woke up...
1: Oh, no, bro. That's the alcohol.
0: Oh, okay. Great. Thanks. Thanks. So I log in to ESO... And I had some downtime at work. I log in, and I'm like, how did I get here? Why am I here in Somerset? Why am I half-naked? And then I'm like, oh, wait, that's the boss room." But I don't remember walking here. I don't remember
1: getting here. Yeah, it's because by the time you were ready to log off, you were freaking licking windows, bro.
0: Dude, near the end of that, I know. I just, I, I, man, I looked so out of it. I know I did. I felt so completely out of it. Well, but, uh, it's for the kids. That's right, it's for the kids. So anyway, everybody, welcome. This is Volume 3, Episode 2 of the Lore Seekers Podcast. We're so happy to have you back. And yep. uh, we are your hosts. My name is Jibs, for short. And uh, Cash, what's up, my man? I
1: rolled a Nightblade yeah we
0: yeah, we both did
1: it so much it's fun. terrible right now it's so terrible i mean i've i've uh i've played a little bit on my magic a Templar who's super fun to play yep but um i just i got the urge to go do all the sneaky sneaky stabby stabby things so i rolled a stamina Nightblade. yes i already have a fifty stamina Nightblade. but he was d c and I needed one for AD, right? Right. So, that's what I've been working on for the past like three, four days. But I'm going like super slow mode, and going through Thieves Guild, and going through main quest line, and going through Dark Brotherhood, and I'm probably gonna take him through the Merkmire content.
0: hmm
1: Yeah, he's fun. Yeah. It's just fun to sneak up on things and kill them in two shots. It's a lot.
0: Yeah, it's so fun. fun. Cause, like during the extra live stream, we, uh, you know, we both made Dragon Knights, and I think we realized pretty quickly. You know, I know I enjoyed a Magicka Dragon Knight, and I still think it was probably my build. I want to go back. I'm not done, but I wasn't happy with my build. I know you weren't totally connecting with yours. and yeah. Then the Night Blades happened. Yeah. And, uh,. That's a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, that Dragon Knight—I literally rolled him on the day of Extra Life, and by the evening of Extra Life, he was murdered. He was dead. I killed him.
0: He was dead.
1: So, sorry about that, buddy. But yeah, I needed the space. So, when I murdered him out, and then um, I rolled that—I rolled my Nightblade, and he's been really fun to play. I'm—I think I'm going to journal him as well. Speaking of journaling,
0: yeah, yeah. Let's give them an update on that. Um, yeah. So you had the long story. Mine's really short. Mine is on hold because Cash. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's where you come in with your part. Because <laughs> it takes a lot of damn work to do it. Turns out.
0: It, it turns out it it it's hard to do that and do the show for me. But Cash is and, really creative, so and he's, play and play. You get to play. Yeah, you can't get, no. you can't do it all.
1: No, you can't do it all. So, um, yeah, we've talked about it, and yes, we will release some of our journal. Some of my journal will be will get released at some point. But um, my point to that was that we have just as an upgrade, or is it upgrade, an upgrade or an update to last week's show. We have released our mission board.
0: Yeah, it
1: is out there and jibs and i jibs and i were we did not know if we were going to get any submissions or not we're like uh so the backup was that cash just writes the storyline and then and we're good to go is you know no harm no foul can't force people to do something they don't want to do but what we found is that that's not the case at all jibs
0: yeah (laughs) yeah it's uh... we've
1: we've got submissions
0: Yeah, we do. And
1: we got a couple of really good ones, and I was super pleased. Uh, The one that I picked for this week happens to come from one of our guildies by the name of Braxwolf, and major shout out for him because his story was great. Yeah. And I hope you enjoy his storyline, his entry, as much as I enjoyed putting it together. Yeah, because I'm looking forward to it. I was on a cloud this morning when I read through everything, went through the edit I was just on a cloud and not that the other submission wasn't good because it's great, but I, I had to pick one for the show. Um, so the our other submissions because there's there's some out there that I still need to read. Um, we we're, we're gonna use them. Yeah I'm just so pleased. Thank you. Brax outstanding work. You can write dude. So
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, that I'm looking forward to that. And that's kinda of like I know I was talking off uh off the air. It's like that's my like whenever we put the show together, I, I edit the show and you know, every uh, typically I have my hand in just about everything except for that at the end. That's like my new podcast episode. That's my favorite part. It's brand new to me, it's always a surprise. I enjoy listening. It's fun. It's a good time. Um, yep. So, uh, something happened to me this past week, first time ever in ESO. I got. It, well, you, go ahead. Something snarky. Nope.
1: That's cool. No, I was going to snark the crap out of you, but no. <laughs> good. I so, think I'll just take a sip of bourbon instead.
0: <laughs> I got a design uh, motif uh, page, and I don't even remember where I was running. But it wasn't like anything that was hard. It was not hard content. It was just like a basic dungeon, I think. And uh, actually, I think I got it during extra life when we were running dungeons. And well, what'd you
1: get? What'd you get? What's in the
0: box? It's, uh, dwarven can- a laboratory, dwarven candlestick design. It's only a purple. I put it on the auction house. I check in this into the master merchant. Guess how much that little thing is worth? Twenty-five. Keep going. Fifty k. Keep going shut
1: up 75k keep going why don't you just tell me i'm bored
0: One, <laughs> 145k i sold that sucker for whoa
1: nice dude Holy I did, it's crap. just
0: a single candlestick like i don't understand i i totally please listeners if you're listening if you're into housing i need to understand why this is worth so incredibly much it's literally just a candlestick but i really can't complain so last week, if you were listening on Episode 1, it was a very special episode for us because that was the first episode of Volume 3, and so if you want to go back and listen to that, we talked all kinds of fun details of what you could expect in Volume 3, and speaking of, I believe next week starts, It's the next week or the following week, I've got to check the schedule, but uh, we're going to Alakir Desert on the show, so that's going to change, we're going to get out of the tavern, but, uh, so anyway. It's hot week. there. Yeah, it is hot. It's where your hot. Flip, where are your flip-flops? Uh, I'm going to wear my galoshes.
1: Now wear your tactical flip-flops? Like tactical flip-flops? What's a tactical flip-flop? It is a flip-flop that won't trip you up when the crap hits the fan. Okay. That's the exact reason why I do not wear <laughs> flip-flops IRL. Because if the crap hits the fan, I don't want to be tripping over myself. Can't get out of your own damn way. <laughs>
0: That's why you wear your chucks. No flip-flops. I bet you've got a mean ankle tan. I do, I actually do.
1: Why are you looking at my ankles, dude? That's freaking creepy AF. <laughs> God.
0: Oh, and also we talked, uh... Do you dude. have an ankle fetish?
1: <laughs> what the... <It's laughs> gross, dude. I bet you have really tanned ankles.
0: <laughs> Jeez. I said, I bet you have a mean ankle tan line.
1: It's not what I heard. Y'all need Stendar.
0: <laughs> Okay. All right. So we also talked about building a better home and some extra life tidbits. But this week, my good friends, guys, gals, ladies, boys and girls of all ages, we're talking ESO Live, ESO Plus, and answering your fan mail. But on top of that, just in time for the Clockwork event, which we're going to be talking about later, a lore lesson. I'm super looking forward to this on Cash.
1: So the seal. So the seal.
0: That's yep, right. and next week we're actually going to
1: cover Clockwork City itself.
0: Ooh, hoo, hoo. that's awesome.
1: Yes, and the history and Sotha Seal's lifelong project.
0: Man, you've got some good lore there, especially with uh, us having that Somerset Journal by Raz with the uh, Clockwork. Yeah,
1: some amazing lore. And you know what's funny going into lore lessons is sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll have to put a lore lesson together and I'll just be like, oh my God, what am I going to do this week? What am Because we've covered so much of the basics. Yeah. And that's right around the time that I kinda of slap myself in the face and go, quit being a freaking wuss, dude. There is so much to cover. Oh my
0: god. In Elder Scrolls,
1: yeah. there's so much to cover. Just yeah. pick something. So we figured this week why don't we pick something that's like super relevant? Yeah. That we haven't done before. We could even go into
0: regions. Oh we yeah. We could cover that's Clockwork was- City, we yeah. could cover
1: cover Alakir Desert, we cover all these regions. There's so much to cover. Yeah. I would so,
0: love to learn more about Alakir. That's fine.
1: We're not doing
0: that one then. That's Because
1: <laughs> you said I have tanned ankles and you creeped me out.
0: Did I? Did I make you cringe?
1: Did nah, I? Yeah, I liked mm. it. I liked it.
0: Hey, you too Give us some news. Okay. Gosh, man. Jeez. All right. Well, I guess it's that special time where I stopped talking about Cash's ankles and we start talking. <laughs> so They're beautiful things. ankles. They're gorgeous. You got little baby ankles. All right. Uh, let's see. ESO news for the week. Let's get talking about it. Um, all right. So if you're listening here on release day, this coming to us from ESO's official website. ESO Live November 9th at 6 p.m. EST. By the way, if you're listening on release day, that's today. That's tonight. All right. 3 p.m. Pacific. Uh, check out the ESO live stream because it sounds really, uh, really interesting. Tom Murphy, who's the content designer at Zoss, will be joining the stream to talk about his role, what he does there, and his experience working in the gaming industry. Uh, pretty much from what I gathered from the article, you learn, you're going to learn about why things tick the way they tick in the game. Uh, afterwards, community managers Gina and Jess, both lovely ladies, will be running a dungeon with Twitch streamers Zynode and Kyle Dempster Studios. Hey, hey. Awesome. Kyle, nice shout work. out, host of the Tennis Podcast. Love you, Kyle. You're awesome. Good, good things, my friend. Good things. Good things.
1: Dude, I was watching his stream the other night Yeah. Uh, during Extra Life. And uh, after you started sucking your thumb and went to bed... Passed out. The servers dumped out for, it seemed like it was for a lot of the, um, the Steam users. So we were just kind of messing around. Our group kind of flopped because of half the, we lost half the, uh, the uh, world boss group. So right. I was just kind of messing around and I went over to, to Kyle's stream and that dude is freaking hilarious. <laughs> like his stream was really fun. He was like watching YouTube because he couldn't play the game. So he was watching YouTube videos and commenting. And, Kyle, you're freaking hilarious.
0: Go watch his stream. Maybe it's that's really fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that you went over there. That's awesome. Uh, maybe that's why we got a tweet. that Someone said something uh, in regards to getting kicked out. And initially yeah. when I thought, it, or I guess they were saying they were having a lot of fun watching Extra Life, whatever. And then until they got kicked out, I'm like, did did we kick them out of the guild? Like what I miss? Like I, this is the following morning. Uh, what what happened? And so I guess that would uh, that would explain that.
1: Yeah, no, there's no guild kicking. It was. Um, I actually thought because I had been part of Extra Life before when there was actually a major DDoS attack on it. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, oh my god, I wonder if somebody DDoSed um, Elder Scrolls Online because mm-hmm. so many of us were taking part in the charity and. Yeah. Um, Extra life, yeah. But um, I don't know what ended up causing it. But yeah, a bunch of people got logged out and they could not log back in for a long time. And I actually went to bed before anybody was able to log back in. Although, you know, I didn't get kicked out. Right. I just freaking turned into a pumpkin at a certain time. I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> so,
0: twelve o'clock. Yeah. Do you uh, do your uh, ankles swell?
1: Uh, Are you seriously talking about my ankles again?
0: (laughs) You started it. Uh, All right. So anyway, ESO Live. Yeah, change of subject. November 9th, 6 p.m. EST. (laughs) Uh, You can check that out. Also on the docket, enjoy the benefits of membership during our ESO Plus. blah, blah, blah. ESO Plus free trial. ESO official again here. So I know we've covered this in previous episodes. I think it was Volume 2. So it's worth going over this again real quick. So beginning Thursday, November 15th at 10 a.m. EST, which, by the way, most things with Zoss in Elder Scrolls tends to start around 10 a.m. But uh, anyway, this one, November 15th through November 21st, 10 a.m. to 10 a.m., you can try out ESO Plus completely free with absolutely no strings attached, parentheses, and no credit card required. So, if you're. Was was that a gong?
1: (laughs) That's my cat. (laughs) (laughs) No, my cat doesn't gong. You just knock something into my whiskey glass, which happens to be a small Yeti cup that's metal.
0: So, there's that. Is that that. a copper mule mug?
1: No, it's just a small little Yeti.
0: Oh, okay. okay.
1: Keeps my whiskey nice and cold.
0: Mm. Yeah, look at you going name brand. Look at you. I expect nothing less. So. To uh, begin using your free trial... I sense confusion. Like, was that a slight or is that a compliment? To begin using the free trial, you must... One, log into the Elder Scrolls Online. Two, navigate to the Crown Store. Three, select the ESO Plus tab. And four, select Free Trial. So yeah, they're temptresses. They are. They know how to tempt. They, yes, uh, they do.
1: Well, the, here's the thing. Yeah. Once you get a taste of that crafting bag... That's it. Yeah. Like, you will rape, pillage, and steal to be able to pay your freaking membership every week, every month. Mm-hmm. If you're going to play ESO, don't rape, don't pillage, don't steal. All that stuff is terrible, and I don't condone it. But if you have to do it for your crafting bag, then go ahead. Reminds me of Nacho
0: Libre. Don't you want a little taste of the glory?
1: I hate orphans.
0: To see what it tastes like. <laughs> I hate orphans.
1: Secret tunnels. <laughs> I hate orphans. I love that freaking movie.
0: Oh, the diarrhea since Easter. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, let me go over this again.
1: Don't rape, pillage, and steal. My <laughs> All
0: right. There you go. Um, so the temptresses are out and about, and they want you to enjoy some of the benefits uh, of an ESO Plus membership, which includes full access to all the DLC game packs, uh, aside from Somerset. Uh, what else we got here? A craft bag. Unlimited storage. That is a godsend. You don't realize how much you miss it until you don't have a subscription. I.e. Oh, jibs on console. Yeah.
1: yeah. Then it becomes nothing but a shuffling your bags around all the time. That's what you do.
0: Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, I dabble on the console version of, of Tiso, and I can tell you whenever I am playing it, I have to pick and choose what goes in my bag. (laughs) Pretty much nothing crafting-related goes in my bag. Uh, So, double bank space for all characters on your account. 10% increase to experience and gold acquisition, crafting inspiration, and trait research rates.
1: Oh. Yeah. That is weird, wild stuff. I did not know that.
0: Yeah, there you go. Double furnishings and collectibles, space in player housing, exclusive ability to dye costumes. I often forget that that's a ESL Plus exclusive. I don't. If there's ever a reason to dye your costumes or a reason to join ESO Plus, it's simply for that alone to be able to dye your costumes. It's. I don't. Yeah. I I like that. That's
1: that's massive. Yeah. I didn't. I did not realize that. This is actually. This is quite entertaining and educational. Okay. At this point. Yep. Uh, do- <laughs>
0: I'm the master. You're the apprentice. Uh, double transmute crystal storage also on November 13th. Monthly free crown stipend goes up to 1650 from 1500 More crowns is better. More free is better. Yep. I like it. Uh, let's see. Free monthly rewards begin, and we talked about it last week on episode one. You can go back and listen to that. But first free uh, reward that we get is the Molag Ball statuette. Yes, fun. that was yeah Yeah. Uh, note that the monthly crown stipend and upcoming ESO Plus deals are available to paid members only. In other words, ESO Plus members. So they're like, hey, we're going to give you a little taste. Do you like the taste? Well, sign up. Get free stuff.
1: There's more where that came from.
0: Yeah. So uh, there's that. So get into that. Uh, last on the news is, uh, Explore... A mechanical marvel during the Clockwork City Celebration event. Now, if there's ever a time to get into Clockwork, I have yet to do Clockwork. I need to do Clockwork. It's now. Uh, the Celebration event begins Thursday, November 15th at 10 a.m. EST. It goes to November 26th. So you got 11 days to get in on that. During this period, we can all earn additional rewards. This includes double items harvested from Crafting odes, And that... Does include jewelry seams, but does not include nodes spawned from survey reports and fishing holes. Double the reward boxes from completing daily quests, and double the drops from bosses. Includes world bosses, delve bosses, trial bosses, and quest bosses.
1: So no XP
0: doubling. Yeah. We got to wait until New Life for that, I believe. Yeah.
1: Is that your kitty?
0: Yeah, sorry about that. Did you hear that? She hopped up. Oh my, my
1: God, I want to love her so bad.
0: Yeah, it's the big one. It's it's uh, it's Charlotte. Charlotte. Yep, Charlotte. You remember her name? I'm impressed. I do. All right. Uh, so to participate in this event, you must find. Oh gosh, Di- Diveth? divath, Diveth,
1: Diveth? fur's
0: message. Diveth fur's messenger in messenger. Mornhold City. See, uh, see, I did better than you there. Master in Mornhold City Center and acquired the quest to the Clockwork City. Number two, travel to Clockwork City in the Brass Fortress directly via your map. Finally, if you're entering the Brass Fortress for the first time, you'll receive the Skintelant Dova Fly Pet completely free. Even if you've gained access via the trial. So, no matter what, you're getting a free pet.
1: Pretty awesome. Sick.
0: Uh, don't forget, by the way, this is the second event for the event tickets for the Free Indrick Mount. And to earn these tickets during the Clockwork event, you just got to complete the Zone's daily quests, which are located in the Brass Fortress. So you will earn or you will receive, excuse me, two event tickets from the first daily quest you complete each day in addition to the other regular rewards. Thank God. No, <laughs> no, honestly, you dude, because it. I
1: missed an entire yeah. week. I yeah. missed an entire week Witches Festival. Yeah. So this is huge for me, because I only made it to seven tickets. I never even got my first feather. Yeah, this is good so, for So, oh my god, I'm such a baby. So two I'm, like, super worried about this.
0: Yeah, no, you're good. Now, I like that they're doubling it, because it wasn't that way for the Witches Festival, because of, you know, how long it was. But this is this is good. Yep. This, is, this is good. Thank you! Yeah, Yay. I was kind of concerned, you know? I'm like, if there's only... If I knew these events would be shorter, they'd be different. You know, they wouldn't be as expansive. And so I'm like, um, how hardcore am I going to have to be about this? But I like this.
1: this not this. you know, not terribly. And there was um, we've had a few members that actually did the math, and I love these people. They Super the analytical math? people that yeah, and like they literally say that like, oh, I did the math on that and blah blah. And I'm like, wait, pump the brakes. You did the math. And they're like, oh yeah! It turns out you have to have you know this many this many days, or you know won't have to worry about it because if you miss a day here or there, it's not a big deal. But anyway, I love you those people that do that for me.
0: They make our lives. Because I'm just like, ah,
1: whatever. Did I get one today?
0: I'm like, uh, do I got crowns? Ah, Need to buy something. ah,
1: Jib's has (laughs) ugly ankles. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yep. Uh, All right, so. Uh, anyway, note that the events are tied to the Daily Quest timer, meaning they reset every day at 1 a.m. EST. I had no event idea. tickets. The event, the event tickets. Yeah, sorry, reset. event tickets. Yeah. I had no idea the reset timer was 1 a.m. EST. Blew my mind.
1: I actually did know that, and the reason being is because last year, uh, that's what time the Ritz reset. Really? Yes, and that is what time last year during New Life, that's what time the quests reset. So I could do them, like there was. I would do all of the quests for New Life Festival on every single one of my characters. And then if I was up late, it would hit 11 p.m. PST and I'd be like, oh my God, they're available again. So some nights I'd just keep going so that I could actually play the game the next day. Right. So, like, I would do like two, two, two days in a row of those um, new life events because they all reset at 11 p.m. Right. For me. 10 p.m. Yeah. Well, math's hard as hell.
0: Yeah. Well, I understand. You know, let's understand. You are from California. So. Thanks, Kankles. Thanks, <laughs> Kegel's like a brick. All right. Um, so if you don't already own the Clockwork City DLC game pack, you can acquire it during the event for 1,400 crowns. That's 30% off from November that's 15th to 27th.
1: That's a good price.
0: Yeah. Hey, here's a quick tip. Just just become an ESO Plus member and get it all. Just, yeah. Just do it. It's just worth it. It's so worth it. Don't go to Taco Bell twice a month. Whatever you got to do, just mow a couple lawns, sell some stuff you don't use. It's incredibly worth it.
1: Don't go to Taco Bell
0: anyway. Eat vegetables. Don't listen to him. If you go to Taco Bell, order number seven with an extra soft taco. You're welcome. Uh, the Clockwork City <laughs> Collector's Bar. No I wonder fun. you have cankles. I do. <laughs> fun fact. So, back when my wife, in other words, the barmaid, was pregnant with my child, she, you know, had, you know, like all women do, they have cravings for weirdo crap, like sardines and ice cream, whatever the heck it is. Well,. For her, it was Taco Bell. And ever since then, that's like we eat Mexican all the time. Whether it's real Mexican, a place called Moe's, or Taco Taco Bell. Taco Bell
1: is not real Mexican. I say
0: Taco Bell last because it's the cheapest kind, okay? It's the cheapest, most... Terrible. uh, Terrible kind, but it's so good. It's so good.
1: Well, like Taco Bell Del Taco... I don't consider that Mexican food, even though you're getting like a burrito. When I think of Mexican food, I think of some insane good food.
0: Oh yeah, me too. Me too. When I think of Del Taco,
1: although like Del Taco and Taco Bell taste good, don't get me wrong. That is a two a.m. sober person driving me (laughs) home. Stop at Del Taco. I will punch you in the throat. I'm starving. Type of food?
0: Well, what should I call it? Like knockoff Mexican?
1: Uh, I mean, I mean, technically it's Mexican food, but it's just to me, it's just not real Mexican food. Oh, no. I would never disparage my brothers and sisters to the south of me by saying that Taco Bell or, talk, or Del Taco is Mexican food, knowing the amazing food that they make normally. Yeah, I would never do that. Yeah. So, anyway,
0: that was kind of a rant. Yeah, for those about, of you on a budget, about, Taco Bell, yep, there we go. That's, that's kind long, of a right? rant about
1: shit food. And we probably should be telling people about how good it is for your body to eat vegetables and lean meats. And a little bit of so nuts.
0: W- when you're done with a number seven, order a number nine, no sour cream. You're welcome. Oh, uh, yeah, that'll
1: the, clean you right out. The, <laughs> the
0: Clockwork City Collectors Bundle will be available for 2,400 crowns as well. This I like. Uh, it's 40% off, so November 15th to the 21st. This includes the DLC game pack, which, eh, okay. Alright, you know, be become, become an ESO Plus member and you'll get it for free. But the thing I like about this the most is you get a Skivaton pet, which is cool, but the Kiguti Fabricant mount looks amazing. I've seen
1: it. Now I'm trying to find it.
0: Yeah, so it's pretty much... Dweamer esque mount, but it's, uh, it's like half and half. Like half. I don't know how to describe it. Like it looks half Dweamer, but it's like Sotha the Sil. So it's like half and half. Half human, half whatever else you want to call them. So, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And Also, you get five crown experience scrolls. So that's it for the news. That. That Kagudi mount is really cool. It really is. I was kind of surprised. And I think there's actually. You get a better view of it when it's. Um, if I believe if you go to the uh Clockwork Cities DLC page, the DLC slash updates link at the top of the uh Old Scrolls Online page. I believe it's got a full listing there, but uh, it looks awesome.
1: it does, but you know what? It's got really skinny ankles.
0: Well, you know what? That's a game changer for me. I mean Well there you go. That's 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 totally okay, I'm not buying it now. The it looks a little bad. top heavy.
1: Looks a little top doesn't look like those little skankles will uh, will hold them up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Ooh, that kind of came out wrong. Uh, I meant skinny ankles, and it came out <laughs> something else. So don't read into that. Just uh, just let it happen. Forget about it.
0: Yep, forget about Never it. Never happened. All right, well, we want to know what you think. You can call us, email us. If you want to call us, 765 765- 382-6961 or you can always email Podcast at gmail.com now for my particularly favorite part of the show where i get to sit back and uh listen suck my thumb i'm not ever going to suck your thumb no i meant your thumb ever <laughs> i said choke yourself
1: <laughs> with your hand numbnuts all right. Show me the spell, bro. <laughs> All right. My friends, we are going to be diving right back into the jewel that is the Clockwork City. Coming mm-hmm. up very soon. Mm-hmm. So, Lore Lesson 34, we are going to talk about the life of Sotha Sil, also known as Set, S-E-H-T, Sothasil was a member of the Divine Tribunal Trio, also known as Almsivi. I'm sure you guys have seen the A L M S I V I on lore books all around the world. And basically, what that is, Almsivi, it is comprised of the three members of the tribunal, which were Almalexia, Sothasil, and Vivek.
0: Ooh,
1: I know. Sothisil himself was the enigmatic father of mysteries, a mage, a magician, a sorcerer, a master tinkerer, as evidenced by his incredible creation in the Clockwork City. If you have not already done that content, I'm only like halfway through, admittedly. I don't feel bad about it. I will be diving back in and finishing that content here within the next couple of weeks because... I really want to dive in and um, try it out. I finish it. I want to finish it. I'm only like halfway through, but um, it's a neat, neat zone. And I owe it to myself and the rewards that are coming out of it. So there you go. After the death of the Nerevar, Sothasil came to rule over the Dunmer of Morrowind along with Almalexia and Vivec. But defying the wishes of Nerevar... The tribunal utilized the tools of Kagarnak on the heart of Lorcan, stealing its divine essence for themselves and propelling themselves, the trio, into godhood. And you remember the tools of Kagarnak. Mm-hmm. That is what was needed to unlock the true power of the heart of Lorcan. And that is what they did. And hence, rose to godhood and became the tribunal. Right. So during this time, soth was known for his empathy and love toward the Dunmer. He spent vast amounts of time counseling, guiding, and protecting his mortal flock. And he was said to actually have the ability to feel the stress of his people. And because of that, he protected them by never assigning them more than they could handle. Eventually, which we'll talk about a little bit, so the Seal would become consumed by his work as an in, as an inventor, and he became completely detached from the real world and the affairs the affairs of mortals, and hence his own people. And that's because Clockwork City consumed him. Huh. In the third era, in his last act in the business of mortals, Sothesil Seal and Almalexia lost control of two of Kaganak's tools, Keening and Sunder. He lost these tools to the forces of uh, of somebody known as
0: Dagoth-er. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry. Whew. That was weird. That's good stuff there. All right. You're looking at my ankles again? No.
1: okay, Maybe. dagoth Ur, the immortal lord and high counselor of House Dagoth, Dunmer, lived beneath the Red Mountain with his kin, the Ash Vampires, and the legions of Corpus Monsters. Corpus Monsters, basically, in all in Chimeries, Corpus means skin blight. So, basically, a bunch of blistery, weird-looking <laughs> soldiers and Ash Vampires live beneath Red Mountain with the Lord High Counselor, Dagoth Ur. Well, Dagoth Ur got a hold of Kagranak's tools, Keening and Sunder, and trouble ensued. So, fun fact. It was Dagoth who first claimed that Kagranak, the Dwemer High Priest, was drawing power from the heart of Lorcan using special tools in the hopes of creating the Numidium, a mechanical god. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Talked about that? Before, right before the Dwemer died. Yep. So then, it was then that the Dwemer High Priest tried to use the tools to break into the heart of Lorcan, And then, blammo. All of a sudden, the Dwemer are gone. Distant memory. Bring him back. Not going to happen. So although Vivec, Lord Vivec, would come to the Seal and Almalexia's rescue... They were unable to recover the lost tours of Lorcan's heart and they were forced to flee. Because of Dagoth Ur's close proximity to the heart of Lorcan in the Red Mountain, he also had superior strength and intelligence, but his mad passion for the heart, those things combined, he was able to steal the boons from, from Lorcan's heart, depriving the tribunal of its power. Because remember, they use the tools to become to ascend to godhood and they continue to use the power from the Heart of Lorcan to power their own godhood.
0: It's so odd, huh?
1: Bad Dunmer. Yeah. Bad Dunmer. Kinda gives you a different spin on the storyline in Morrowind. Yeah. Does it not?
0: Yeah, it really does.
1: Or you do all that stuff to help Vivek. But really kind of a thief. Kind of a fake.
0: Yep. Cue the hate mail. So there's that. Well, there's, it's, you know, it, that is that theme, though. I mean, you're not wrong in that that theme is definitely explored with some of the people you come in contact with that DLC. So it, it's not like yeah. you're the only one saying that. It's, you know, it's pretty evident. More people feel yeah. that way.
1: Yeah. Because, I mean, they feel that way, and they're not just that they feel that way, but they're mad and they're trying to do dethrone Vivek. Right. You know, for other reasons, but anyway. Okay. So late in the Second Era, the Tribunal visited the Red Mountain once again to perform a ritual and try and replenish their divine power. But during this time, Dagoth Ur was reawakened and he ambushed the Tribunal and his minion, with his minions, driving them away and preventing any access to the Heart of Lorkhan. So this ensued... What ensued because of this was multiple battles between the tribunal and Dagoth Ur, where eventually the tribunal was able to kill Dagoth Ur and his minions despite several revivals of the dead by the heart of Lorcan itself. So Dagoth Ur and his minions would die and the heart would revive them. So it was an endless battle. So in order to contain the revived armies and Dagoth, the tribunal erected the ghost fence around the Red Mountain. Jibs, you may ask yourself, what is the ghost fence? I've never heard of this.
0: I have asked that question many a time.
1: I've never heard it. Just this once. Fun fact. (laughs) The Great Ghost Fence was an enormous shield wall that surrounded the entire crater of Red Mountain. The wall contained the blight and corpus monsters within the Red Mountain region to keep them from reaching all areas of and Fell. Its pillars channeled the holy energies of the tribunal and the spirits of the dead, creating an impenetrable shield.
0: Very That's really nasty. freaking cool.
1: Right. So after the defeat of Dagoth Ur... The red mountain no longer spread the blight and the conditions in Vevard and Fell improved. Although the ghost fence remained, the shield was kind of unnecessary at that point eventually it became deactivated. The ghost fence's structure stayed and kind of served as a reminder of the defeat of Dagoth Ur. And also a rest place for the pilgrims that were wishing to visit the shrine of Pride, which was a holy place erected at the site. During the first era, this is kind of moving on a little bit with uh, some more info from Suthasil. During the first era, Sothisil actually spent time in the Isle of Artam, teaching some of the newer mages of the Sigic Order. And Sothisil made his way back and forth from Tamriel and Artaeum via the Dreaming Cavern, which we've already heard about.
0: Yep, yep.
1: All right. Stuff gets kind of dark here for a minute. Hmm. After an incident in southern Valenwood, a village by the known of Gilverdale, late in the First Era, this was where an entire village was destroyed by Molag Bal. Sothisil went to meet, after this incident, Sothisil went to meet with, the eight Daed- with eight of the Daedric princes to form a pact. The exact terms of the pact are not known, but what is known is that Sothisil asked the Daedric princes to agree to not answer any summoning by amateurs until the war between Morrowind and Cyrodiil ended it was well known at the time that only the Sidics, sorcerers and witches could counsel with the daedra but some for some reason so the seal went to meet with eight of the daedric princes to ask that mortal men not summon them for their will at least until the war between Morrowind and Cyretil was over, which kind of made me laugh. It's like, it was kind of his own selfish reasons. Like, he didn't want Morrowind to be defeated by anybody getting any bright ideas about going to ask for help by the from the Daedric princes.
0: Well, oh, fortune favors the bold.
1: It does, actually. But here's another fun fact. The reason that Molag Ball destroyed the settlement at Gilverdale after being summoned... He was summoned by the Mad King of Senchal, a gentleman by the name of Drozel. Apparently, try not to laugh. Try and contain your laughter on this one. Okay. Apparently, Drozel was up, was upset with a Bosmeri bard from Gilverdale who had performed a very depressing song in the ballroom of the royal palace at Senchal. He communed with Molag Bal himself to destroy the town in revenge for the Bard's terrible performance. (laughs) What a complete and utter D. Yeah, right? Really?
0: He went full Bosmer (laughs) over that one.
1: He went full Bosmer and killed a bunch of Bosmer.
0: Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Well, let it be known. Tip your Bards well.
1: That's right. So the pact forged between Sothasil and the Daedra in response to this would actually end up proving ineffective because a Dunmer witch managed to summon Mehrunes Dagon to seek vengeance on the Duke of Mournhold following the death of her child. This was not long after. Mournhold was completely razed and Sothasil and Amalexia were forced to banish the Prince of Destruction back to Oblivion. So not only did they laugh at Sotha Sil's request, but they came right back and did it again. Just because Daedric princes are terrible.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds exactly like something they do. Yeah. Like, it, if you legitimately are going to Daedra with honest intentions and thinking they're going to be great to you, like, I just, I don't care who you are, that's, that's kind of dumb. A little dumb.
1: Yeah, I might have gone to the Aedra instead.
0: Yeah, be better.
1: Yeah. Anyway, the demise of Sotha Sil. So sad. Early in the third era, to be exact, this is the third era, year four two seven. Sotha Sil loses his life to his longtime friend and fellow tribunal member Almalexia. She was driven mad by her decline of power, due to being deprived of the heart of Lorcan, the power of the heart of Lorcan. She killed her friend. Kind of sad. Especially because Sotha Sil was awesome. So to close out, you yourself, as the vestige, should go through Clockwork City, especially during the event. Because the story that is there, I will not spoil it, is good. And like I said, I've only been like halfway through the story myself, but in researching this, I've... Seen what the story, the full story is about and kind of how it ends. But I'm not going to ruin that for you. That's up to you. Um, next week, we're going to talk about Clockwork City itself. And I might throw in a few other little things in there. But, um, you know, us, we like to talk about things that are going on. Yeah. And I figure if we're going to be doing Clockwork City, we might as well know exactly what it is that we're doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's make a point that both of us do clockwork during the event. Yes. Definitely in my plans. Yes. I think that'd be fun. Well done. That was cool. Yeah. It's good. I uh I really didn't know a whole lot about him to be honest. He was always kind of a mystery to me. So,
1: that's what I do, buddy. I grab the info, I mold it.
0: Mhm. Mhm.
1: I, I massage it. Mhm. I put it in your lap.
0: It's a little weird.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, cankles. All right. <laughs> and hey. I've been looking for you. Got something I'm supposed to deliver.
0: Your oh, hands only. he's still wearing the bells. You can take those, off. You
1: can don't take let those him. off. Don't let him take them off. Well, I don't want to be rude. I don't care about that. It helps me know when the guy's coming. Oh, he's a freaking right. creeper.
0: Yeah, keep him on for his request. Because he likes you wearing uh, bells. Around your ankles. Yeah, thank you, sir. All right. <laughs> okay, well, it's that time again where uh, we answer your mail. You can email us anytime, loresecretspodcast at com. And a lot of times we answer most of the time, to be honest with you. A lot of questions are uh, answered in private, behind the scenes. But there are emails that are just too good to pass up, so we put them on the show. That being said, the first one here from Glenn from the USFA says... Gentlemen, love the show and exciting changes for Volume 3. Quick question. As someone who plays very casually in ESO, is it worth paying for an ESO Plus membership? <coughs> Real life has a way of keeping me from my love of pixels, but I definitely enjoy playing Tiso when I can.
1: Ooh, me, me, thanks Pick me!
0: So I think I've got the perfect answer here. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. yeah, cash. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, you go. That's cool. It's no, probably right along the same lines as me. L- so go for I it. I
0: literally don't have anything except yes. It's one hundred percent worth it.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to say it. Yes, it's always worth it. But if you're playing, he says you play very casually. If you're playing once a week, then I would. I'd say probably not don't oh, no. don't waste the money like if you don't have to yeah because i mean if you're really if you're only playing once a week and you're kind of getting in just to get like little bits of story and stuff you're not really like looking to end game you're just enjoying the story while you have you know while you have time in between you know family and kids and all that stuff i, I get that especially if you have little kids if you're in the trenches with little kids and diapers holy
0: crap yeah, yeah,
1: dude, it's 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 hard to, you know, get that time in unless you're looking for a divorce. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cuz your spouse, oh. well, yeah, it just doesn't work out. So, if you're only playing like once a week, I'd say nah, it's it's probably not worth it for you to do it. Um but really for me, the switch gets flipped when you become serious about this is your game. This is what you do, and gaming is is your hobby, and you have the time to do it. So, I, I hate to put a number on it, but I'd say if you're playing, you know, three four times a week, heck yes, emphatically heck yes, get ESO Plus because it's going to make a giant difference for you when you are trying to manage inventory and craft and. It's just massive difference. You know, that endless crafting bag, you really can't craft unless you're either buying a bunch of stuff or you're picking it up in the world. And and I know Jibs does, I know all of our guildies do, pick up everything. And you cannot do that on a regular basis without having to stop and empty your bags all the time unless you have that crafting bag everything would be full with crafting materials. So I will say this. If you're serious about the game and you're playing it more than just once a week, yes, because you will not get the, ex- the true experience of the game if you're constantly shuffling through materials and stuff that's in your bag. That's my two cents.
0: Uh, I agree. 100%. That's yeah. all I have to say about that.
1: And thank you for loving the show. We love you. Yeah. Absolutely. Glenn, I'm uh, so sorry. I'm so sorry that you had to leave The Walking Dead. You're such a good character. <laughs> it's
0: so funny you say that. As soon as I saw that name, the first thing I thought it was, I'm like, oh my gosh, Walking Dead. I was like, no, Glenn, he
1: never met his baby. Oh, it's God. terrible. Oh my
0: gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, last but not least for the day, Sophie of Eleanor. That's a fun one. Uh, says, hey guys, I'm new, quote, ish to ESO, and I'm kind of intimidated when it comes to running dungeons. What is the best way to learn how to do them?
1: I'm going to let you answer this, and then I'm going to put
0: my two cents in. Mm, Okay. Uh, The best thing to do? Number one, we've done some dungeon... uh, uh, Dungeon... uh, What was it? What do we even call it? Dungeons for Dummies. Goodness, forgot the segment name. Uh, We've done that segment in the past, and I believe early on in Volume 2, halfway through Volume 2, so you can check that out, and we'll teach you dungeon stuff. But... Shameless plug over. So the real way to learn is just to get in and do them. Get in, queue up, and just go. Because nine times out of ten, uh, you're gonna get people that are totally comfortable or cool with. Like, be honest. Like that's the worst thing people could ever do is just be quiet and they never just put put out put themselves out there. Like, hey, this is where I'm at with the game. Like, hey, this is my first time running this dungeon, doing the quest. You know, a lot of times people will say, no problem. And most of the time, they'll go ahead of you and clear the trash. So you can take your time on the story and, uh, you know, enjoy your experience. If you're not getting that, then you definitely can get it over the Lore Seekers Guild. We're all about that story. so
1: Thank you for saying that. That was the last part. and I'm glad you said the last part about the shameless plug. I don't even feel bad about it anymore like we're taking away from anybody else. Because if you join the Lore Seekers Guild... We're covering PS4, Xbox, North America on both and PC. Um, we will teach you.
0: Yeah. I Show will. up yes. and say,
1: I want to run dungeons. Yes. We'll run you through dungeons and teach yes. you how to do it. No stress environment. We're patient. I don't even know what more to say. It's, I don't think that's bragging. It's just us. It's yeah. the way that our guild has has the way our guild started, it's the way that our guild is continuing and I'm very proud of what we are building and what we have built at Lore Seekers. Absolutely. So, if you're looking for a place to go, come and join us. We don't care if you're brand new. We'll teach you. Yeah.
0: That's that's one thing I was thinking uh today in regards to whenever it comes to to members of ESO. I don't care how good you are. What I do care is how good your character is, you know, that's all, that's all, like, we, we, you could be the best in the game, you could be the newest in the game, we don't care, just come. Like your real
1: life character.
0: Yes, your real life Who character. Who you are. Sorry, yes, yeah, we care about your real life character, the kind of person right. you are, that's what we care about, and, yep, that's, you know, Sophie, you are so incredibly welcome, to come join Lore Secrets. we'd love to have you, and that goes for all listeners, you know, it doesn't, it just takes a few minutes, to get, uh, to put your app in, and uh, you gain members, you gain friendships and relationships from lore seekers from all over the globe, and it's truly cool. I mean, people from Canada, people from Australia, New Zealand, I mean, just all over the place. So, anyway, Sophie, come join us. All right, well, good friends, that was episode two, volume three of the Lore Seekers podcast. We hope you enjoyed yourself, and if you did, We know you use all kinds of uh, different platforms. I do. But if you're using iTunes, we ask that you please leave us a review. For every five-star review that we get, we give you a shout-out on the show and show you some love. We're still getting caught up. I think this catches us up from our break uh, between Volume 2 and 3. But uh, first one here, Judge Trudy. (laughs) That's a name (laughs) from USA. I love it. This is a very good podcast for ESO fans that want a solid foundation of lore, mechanics, and general know-how. The camaraderie between the hosts, Jibs, and Cash is undeniable. I would highly recommend this podcast to any ESO fan out there. My brother and I play ESO together, but we don't see each other much due to his job as a truck driver. This podcast brings us together to talk about all things ESO on a weekly basis. Thank you, Jibs and Cash. You will never understand how much of an impact this podcast has had on friends and family all over the world. Uh, oh, buddy, that's a... Uh, that last sentence, that really gets you right in the strings. That's, that's a tear jerker right there. Yeah, thank you. I really
1: appreciate that, and I think we've said it about a million times before. This is why
0: we're here. Exactly. Thank you, Judge Trudy. Exactly. Thank you very much. Uh, C.W. Rogers from USA says, entertaining and informative ESO podcast. Very happy I've stumbled across this. Looking forward to more episodes. Oh,
1: buddy, there's going to be lots more. Don't worry. (laughs) we love you long time. (laughs) Thank you, C.W
0: uh and tamriel drifter i know that name our
1: friend buddy
0: yeah from the uk says as i've become less and less enamored with social media and forums podcasts are my primary go-to for eso news and none present more consistent and extensive coverage than the lore seekers the fantastic lore lessons rp story and two affable hosts whose infectious passion for all things eso make for an enjoyable weekly show Thank you, guys. Wow, uh,
1: thank you. I love you. you more now. See, I already loved him. I love him more now. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank, thank you. you very much. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, have you read Tamriel Drifter's stuff?
0: Uh, I haven't. I've made it over the site. I haven't had a chance to sit down and read it all. It's awesome. I'm going to go check it out. Yeah. Okay. Fellow w- what's journaler. His, what's his What's his site? Belo it is Journal. the
1: the Tamriel Drifter. .com and Elder Scrolls Online RPG Adventure Blog. Please go look at it. 391. Let me just make sure that was the last one. Yep. 391 entries. The last one was on Hunding's watch. Wow. Yeah. Just wow. go take a look.
0: There you go. The TamrielDrifter.com. Pretty
1: talented, very eloquently written gentleman that's awesome wow yep
0: all right well you can always call us 765-382-6961 you can email us loresecretspodcast at gmail.com and you can visit us loresecretspodcast.com at our shiny new home page you can go check out all our wonderful content there we put together over the course of the it's been like eight months now nine months i've lost track uh at the very bottom you can fill out a form that goes right to us three sixty five seven days a week we're there. So anyway, cash Lord Seeker's Guild.
1: We have one. Come join us. It's a really good time. We have a really, really good We have a really 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 good bunch of folks. And um we do stuff all the time. Last night Jen took us through the sewers again. It's dirty, I wore my big boy boots. But we had some PvP fun. And that's just one example of things that we do. We do dungeon nights. We do hard mode nights. We do trials night. We do PvP. We kind of do it all. Um, So there's that. And then when the holidays roll around, we do fun stuff for that too. Go to loreseekerspodcast.com forward slash guild. Make sure you have Discord downloaded and then you can join our Discord server go into our apply to guild channel and type slash apply real quick application to make sure that you pass the douchebag filter and then you're in. You are one. There you go. So join us.
0: There you go. All right. Well, you can find this show wherever podcasts are available, wherever they're free. We're there. Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all all the good things. Um, Spotify is particularly fun because I, I, I think you can make a playlist of specific episodes now yeah. I'm so that's you that's can. fun um, so yeah queue up your favorite episodes but uh, after you've done after you, you've finished this show what we want you to do now is head on over to whatever platform you're using for your podcast
1: wherever you cast your pod.
0: Yeah, whatever you catch your pot, uh, search uh, The Tennis Podcast, Tales of Tamriel, Elder Scrolls Off the Record, Sons of, of Sithis. It's every time. I can every literally time. not fix that. I don't know what's wrong. And written in uncertainty. <laughs> I think your
1: tongue, is your tongue split in half? No. Forget it. I don't want to freaking know. That'd be <laughs> it that makes like, me a little nauseous, to be I, honest. Uh,
0: I did that thing that Gene Simmons did, where he cut his tongue and made it longer. Cut his tongue and made it longer. Yeah, you should you should Google that. Uh,
1: oh I see you probably cut the little yeah. thing on the bottom. Yeah. that's gross.
0: What a freaking weirdo. Yeah. So anyway, you can follow us on Twitter, myself at Gibbs IRL Cash at Laura Seeker Cash with a K. And most importantly the podcast at Laura Seekers Cast. Thank you all very much for listening have a great week yes. stay safe have an awesome time in gaming when you're not playing ESO go play Red Dead Redemption cause it's amazing god I haven't played at
1: all I've been so stuck on ESO the last week and a half there has been no Red Dead Redemption <laughs> I'm an addict do you know how long well, listen could- to our storyline I'm so excited for you to hear it I really am Brax Wolf knocked it out of the freaking park dilly dilly Here's that dilly dilly have a great week. Indra kunt by Braxwolf Her name is Gianna Muse. At least that's what she called herself as a little girl in the streets of Davin's Watch. Her real name, as well as much of her childhood, was forgotten. Perhaps intentionally. It was a name that sounded genteel, like the nobles who sometimes traveled through town on their way to important business and who she always had admired from a distance. She'd watched them from the dusty shadows, learning to mimic their mannerisms and vocabulary. That's why she chose the name for herself. It was like the name of a powerful queen. Growing up, rejection was a constant companion. At first, from other street urchins who made fun of her Breton accent and grubby appearance, they mockingly called her Your Majesty, before seeing how many new bruises they could inflict. Later on, it was the Mages Guild, who grew increasingly concerned with her hunger for increased power and her interest in Daedric conjuration. By the time she was a young lady, about the age that most women from respectable families were looking to marry, she had made her way to Riften, and had fallen in with a mysterious vampiric cult. She gladly exchanged her natural beauty for the increased power and lifespan of the undead. But even that association was short-lived, as the other vampires were reluctant to share her deepest and most mysterious secrets with somebody who was so young and new. In a fit of youthful rage, Gianna conjured a Daedric scamp to desecrate their sacred hideaway. She was banished immediately with a warning to never return. But the past was the past, and Gianna tried not to give it much thought. At present, she sat at a corner table in the Anchors Away Tavern and shimmering. When the borders were open to outsiders, she traveled to Somerset with the hopes of studying under the Sidics to hone her already considerable magical attunement. Sidic powers were highly revered by mages of all kinds, but few who still lived had ever studied with the order. The reputation of the Altmer and their attention to refinement and detail were also strong considerations in her decision to venture so far from her volcanic homeland. She fixed her jet-black hair into a tight, unobtrusive bun, adorned herself with the most beautiful dress, and was as polite and proper as she knew how to be. But she was once again met with rejection in the temples and the streets of Shimmerine. At best, the natives completely ignored her. More often, they looked down their pointed noses with a loud scoff. Altmer who were native to Somerset, were intolerant of any outsider, so a Breton carrying obvious signs of vampirism was downright shunned. And despite her incessant questioning of the locals, she found no trace of the mysterious Sidgix. She sat at the table, contemplating her next move. She closed her eyes and placed her fingertips at her temples, resting her elbows on the cold tabletop in front of her she sometimes found it necessary to dial back her enhanced senses in an attempt to concentrate. Through the fog of tavern and street noise, she heard the sound of leather boots clomping across the tavern floor, stopping at her table. She felt a whiff of air as a stranger sat down across from her. She slowly opened her eyes, half expecting to see an intoxicated townie offering a free beverage Sometimes they would look past her pale skin and bloodshot eyes if the evening was late enough. Sometimes she would accept their offer in hopes of later satisfying her real thirst. But this visitor was different. He was Altmer, clad in robes and traveling pouches. Strapped to his back was a large staff. A sorcerer. Gianna instinctively sat upright, wondered if she would be able to quickly reach her own staff, if need be. As if sensing her concern, the sorcerer gave a friendly smile and spoke. It's okay. I noticed you from across the room. You look a little... lost. No doubt, she probably stuck out like a sore thumb in this tavern full of tall, golden-skinned merfolk. I've got a little job to do, and I'm pulling together some people. Nothing illegal, just a hunting trip... Our weary band of travelers need some food. There's some coin in it for you, if you're interested. Why are you asking me? Gianna asked distrustfully. Because you seem... skilled, the stranger replied as he lifted his hand slightly off the table, creating a tiny spark of static between his fingers. Gianna looked at her own hand and realized that she must have been doing the same thing while she was rubbing her temples earlier. The power of the storm is sometimes difficult to contain. And lonely, he added. I'm never lonely, she retorted more curtly than she'd intended. The stranger lifted an eyebrow but continued. My name is Cash. He offered his hand for a friendly handshake. Gianna properly lifted her hand for a kiss, as she'd seen noble women do before. Cash was a little surprised, but... He fashioned his mouth into a small grin and carried through with the tradition. What are you hunting? Gianna quizzed. It's a species native to the Isles. Looks kind of like a horse or a deer, but with feathers. Gianna was amused by the request. You want me to help you kill an indric? No. Cash's eyes grew sober and his tone lowered considerably all traces of a smile disappeared. I want you to help us kill the Indrik. Gianna and Cash met up with a large group just outside a wooded grove, all of whom were wearing a ring or pendant with a distinctive symbol. Gianna thought it looked familiar, but couldn't quite place it. Cash called one of the adventurers over for an introduction. A robed Altmer with friendly eyes made his way through the crowd. Jibs, this is Gianna. We met at the anchors away. Gianna once again gracefully offered her hand and Jibs glanced questioningly over to Cash. Cash pursed his lips and gave a tight nod. Jibs, intent on moving past this particular social interaction, gave it a quick, awkward kiss. He then turned swiftly back to Cash. "'What were you doing in town?' he scolded his friend. "'No offense, buddy, but I missed the good ale. It'll be fine. Calm down,' Cash answered. He looked back and gave Gianna a little wink as he placed his arm around Jib's shoulders to lead him back to the front of the group. As the two continued their spat, Gianna took note of the rest of the adventurers. These were no mere bandits— Their weapons and armor from provinces throughout Tamriel were of the highest quality. She had never witnessed such a mix of races traveling under a single banner. And that signet, what did it mean? The Dark Brotherhood? The Thieves' Guild? No, she was familiar with those. This was something altogether different. A loud crack from within the woods pulled her back into focus and weapons from all around were unsheathed as the band of travelers jumped to the ready. Gianna peered into the thicket and caught her first glimpse of him. He was without a doubt the biggest Indrik she had ever seen, so large and legendary that the locals had named him Kanarin. He stood tall enough to reach the fruit on the highest branches of the tallest trees. His antlers were the size of mammoth tusks, His brightly colored feathers would have stood out anywhere else on the continent, but were perfect camouflage for the flowered landscape of Somerset. His snort startled Gianna, and she slowly had to stoop to the ground to retrieve her staff. The other travelers looked around quietly for what seemed like minutes, wondering if it was time to strike. Jibs and Cash kept their eyes trained on Caneran. The Indric raised his head and caught their scent and, after a brief pause, bolted head on in the direction of the troop. Jibs and Cash raised their staves in the air and the entire crew gave out a thunderous yell and charged into battle. Gianna quickly conjured up a minor danger or two, a practice that is generally frowned upon throughout Tamriel. She hoped that in this hectic situation, nobody would notice. But her confidence returned when she realized that Jibs and Cash were both fighting alongside a volatile familiar of their own. The band of fighters were skilled, but the Indric was incensed. He leapt this way and that, bucking and causing the very fires of oblivion to flare up wherever his hooves made contact with the ground. Gianna tried summoning lightning, but it only served to anger Kanaren further. When he had bloodied the innermost warriors, he would teleport to the outer edges of the ring and attempt to impale whoever was unlucky enough to be near his antlers. Heat from the waves of flame blasted Gianna in the face. She tried to cast spells but was interrupted with every stomp of the Indric's hooves by her instinctive vampiric fear of fire. She began to wonder why an accomplished band of adventurers would risk their lives against such a formidable foe or a mere slab of meat. Her constant repositioning on the battlefield had rendered her largely ineffective. She had not been prepared for a challenge of this magnitude. It was obvious to Gianna that the fight was not going well. Kanarin was battered. His flanks showed crimson patches where feathers used to be. But the mighty group of adventurers was faring even worse. If the tide didn't turn soon... Not only would Kainer escape, but there would be no survivors to write the sad songs of this tragic tale. Gianna's instinct was to turn and run. She was near the opening of the grove. She could easily turn into vampiric mist and sneak away. If she escaped now, she could leave Somerset forever, start over again in another land. Then she caught a glimpse of Jibs and Cash, fighting side by side, seemingly to the bitter end. She saw an Argonian mage, staff in one hand, propping up a Dunmer fighter with the other. She saw a burly redguard, with a shield, jump in front of a fallen Khajiiti comrade. Was this kind of love and loyalty normal among companions? Not in any of Gianna's experiences. Survival of the fittest was the only mantra she'd ever known. But this group was somehow different. No, she couldn't leave them. She had to help them. And she had an idea. In her earliest days with the Mages Guild, Gianna had studied healing spells. This was before her hunger for power and respect had steered her towards a more destructive form of magic. She racked her brain, tempting to remember even the most basic spell from a childhood she'd tried to forget. She closed her eyes. The world around her quieted. Time slowed. In the dark silence of her mind, the words appeared before her in the form of glowing orange runes. She raised her staff high. Her voice overcame its usual meekness to thunder out the command for healing springs. The area of battle, which was darkened by summoned storm clouds, suddenly illuminated with a fiery flash of light. The yellow glow continued in ever-waning pulses. Wounds were healed. Bones were mended and voices began to shout once more. The Indrik looked confused as fighters that he previously bested were on their feet again. Somehow sensing where the magic had originated, Kanarin locked eyes with Gianna and teleported himself out of the middle of the fight and toward the opening of the wood, landing between her and the rest of the group. She pointed her staff in his direction and electricity shot from his head. This only served to slow his charge as he ran closer and closer. As the injured neared the spot where Gianna was standing, he lowered his head to strike, but instead collapsed in a heap at her feet. Her heart beating loudly, she looked past his hulking corpse to the shocked expressions of the warriors beyond. It was only then that she realized she'd unwittedly turned herself into an aura of lightning form and was translucently spitting sparks in all directions, burning anything within a close proximity. As the electricity slowly subsided, Gianna brushed back a few loose, singed strands of hair, straightened her back, resumed her duchess posture, and cleared her throat. The crowd erupted into cheers. Cash walked up to Gianna slowly, and extended his hand once again. Only this time, he was offering a pendant, bearing the insignia of the reliquary. She took it and gazed at it, somewhat bewildered. After a few seconds, she realized that this job had been more than merely a hunt for food. It was a test. Of combat prowess, yes, but also of bravery, loyalty, and character. Somehow, her finest qualities had emerged during the worst of circumstances. Jibs patted her on the shoulder with a wide grin. Welcome to the family. She looked around her and was met with many more smiles and nods. A family, she repeated to herself quietly. Her entire life, Gianna had tried to claim respect through power and study. Perhaps this, a family, was the one thing she'd really wanted all along.